So in a few minutes, in a few minutes, I'm going to open up the mic for a time of testimony. So again, if the Holy Spirit's tapping you on the shoulder, if there's something that he's giving you to encourage or edify each other, I'm just encouraging you to be, uh, to be brave and to listen to the Spirit. But at this time, uh, we're going to be celebrating the dedication of Isabella Aziz and Alexander Nwankwo, uh, who are going to be brought to the, brought, uh, dedicated to the Lord by Ifiani Nwankwo and Azanda Mizamela. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Amen. And by Gide as well. Excellent. All right. Forgive me if I mispronounce anything. <laughs> so uh, in many traditions, uh, traditions you may come from, infants are baptized or christened. Uh, our understanding as we read the Bible is that baptism is something that an individual chooses for themselves, that it's reserved for those who are old enough to be able to make the decision to proclaim that they are following Jesus. And so we don't baptize children in our church, but what we do is we offer an opportunity uh, for parents or guardians to dedicate their children to the Lord, which is something that has a long tradition in the Bible. In the Old Testament, uh, firstborn sons were dedicated to the Lord by their parents. And obviously, here we don't just do firstborn sons. Uh, we give an opportunity to dedicate sons and daughters. You see an example in 1 Samuel, where Hannah brings her son Samuel and dedicates him to the Lord. Uh, even in Luke chapter 2, 22 to 23, it says, When the time of their purification had been completed, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. So even Jesus was dedicated by his parents to the Lord. So what is child dedication? Child dedication is first and foremost an acknowledgement by parents that their child is a gift from God. It's a commitment by parents to raise their child as a Christian. And it's also an opportunity for a congregation to covenant with parents that as long as they're a part of this church family, that we will support them, that we'll nurture their family and counsel them in the teaching of God's word. So today we are privileged to have Ifi, Azanda, and Jide come forward to bring Alex and Isabella for dedication to the Lord. And so if you don't mind coming forward, as well as uh, the godmother, uh, Zile, who's uh, Isabella's grandmother, and then Tobeka, who is Alexander's godmother. So come on up. Come on up. No, that's anointing oil. <laughs> Hi, Isabella. All right, so let me begin by asking something of, of Isfi Yenazanda and of Jide. Do you acknowledge God's gift to you in Isabella and Alex? Do you confess your need of help and grace from God in shaping their lives so that they will respond to God's love by trusting Jesus as their Lord and Savior? And do you promise to instruct them in the teaching of Jesus Christ, to model for them what it means to be a Christian, and to be faithful in exposing them to the teaching of Scripture through the ministry of the church? If so, please respond by saying, I do. I do. So if anyone came here to support uh, these in, in, in the dedication, could you stand? We're so grateful that you came and joined us uh, this morning. And this is a question for all of you. 
Do you promise before God in the presence of these people to help Ephi and Azanda and to help Gide fulfill the pledge that they have made to raise Isabella and Alex as Christians? If so, please respond by saying we do. Will the congregation please rise? Do you, the members and friends of New Life Christian Fellowship, promise to support Ifi and Azanda and Jide with your prayers and love as they seek to follow Christ? And do you commit yourselves to the ministry of this church to reflect the truth of God's word in worship, teaching, fellowship, and ministering to the world so that they will be nurtured and strengthened in their faith? If so, please respond by saying, we do. So if Isabel can come closer, I'm going to just... God, we're going to dedicate them now. God, may Isabel and Alex have your wisdom in their mind. May their eyes see your glory. May their ears hear your voice. May their mouths tell your truth. <laughs> Sorry, I can't read the... That's okay, that's okay. May their, that's okay. May their hearts be your home. May their hands do your work. Amen. May their feet follow wherever you lead. Amen. And may their knees only bow before their loving Lord and God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for Isabella, for Alexander, for the gifts that they are. We pray for their hearts, Lord, that at a young age they would come to know you and love you and know how loved they are by you. Father, I pray that you would strengthen and equip Ifi and Azanda, and that you would equip Jida as well, Lord, to be the parents that you've called them to be, to love and to model what it looks like to know you and follow you. Pray your protection, Lord, your blessing, your grace over all these individuals, Lord, that you might be glorified through their lives and in their home. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we, you have a few gifts uh, that we share as a church. So who's got hands? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We do have, uh, there's a Bible that we give out. Uh, it's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. That's a wonderful Bible for kids. And these are particularly uh, special because they were uh, actually donated to our church uh, by a family in town who lost a daughter, uh, Maven, right? I believe is her name. Um, and, and as part of a, a tribute that they do to her, they, they give out these Bibles to churches to be shared with families. And so uh, it's just an opportunity to remember that family as well. But uh, so two of those are the Bibles for them. And then one of them as well is just a, a little book on thing that children should know about God. And so Amen. Thank you all. When you came in this morning, you should have received a summary of the First Peter sermon series. 
And I want to open it up at this time for an opportunity for testimonies. Um, some of you may, from throughout the week as you meditated on this and knew this was coming, some of you may have already been prayerfully considering what you might share. Some of you might be this morning that maybe the Holy Spirit taps you on the shoulder, or maybe there's something that you, you feel led to share that would encourage and edify the church. Um, I just want to encourage you to be brave, A, and also to be brief. Uh, and so this is an opportunity to come up and, and to share an encouragement, particularly if there's something through the sermon series that you learned or that God did in your heart, if there's something he's been doing in your life. Uh, it's an opportunity to share a word of encouragement, um, a word of edification um, with the church. So again, be brave and be brief. Uh, so hopefully a number of people will have an opportunity to share. So uh, at this time, I'm going to sit down and there's going to be an awkward silence. And then someone will be brave and come up first to share. morning. I might struggle to get through this, but uh, God's been doing a lot in my life, especially. Oh, I'm sorry. My name is Bud, Bud Beach. Many of you don't know me. Some, a few, Only a few of you have gotten to know me uh, and part of my testimony. Um, but uh, I, I, I accepted the Lord when I was only 16 years old. And then uh, through us, and a, a lot of things have happened, and I, I'm not going to start at that point because this would not, it would be anything but brief. But uh, over the past five years, uh, since I've moved from Rhode Island to Connecticut, um, God has <clears throat> has done a miracle in my life. Um, I have gone through trials, challenges, and traumas um, that uh, have almost been insurmountable. Um, I've gone through financial drought. I've gone through relational difficulties. I've gone through some significant medical uh, issues. Um, it has, through this five, past five years in particular, at many times I've likened myself to going through some of the ex things that Job experienced. It's really been that dramatic in my life. Yet, through it all, I have not once questioned God. I have, I have not asked why. I have learned through my through spiritual disciplines every day to stand by faith, believing that God has the perfect plan for my life. I mean, and some of these things were, were quite dramatic. I mean, I had a simple outpatient surgery that stemmed from a, a baseball accident when I was 12 where God miraculously saved me. I was dying uh, over a six-week period. And that came back to kind of haunt me recently because I had a simple outpatient surgery that stemmed from scar tissue that had built up in my nose. It was supposed to be simple. It turned into a blood clot in my right leg and massive pulmonary embolisms in both lungs, um, among other things. Uh, and my, my sons, I had shared my, I have two sons, adult sons. Both of them had turned away from me because I had shared my testimony with them. They had shut me out of their lives. My wife just left me. She actually left yesterday. However, over the past week, Starting last Friday, and I'd gone through all kinds of financial difficulty as a result, too, my, with my business. 
especially when COVID hit. And so starting last Friday, but, I, but again, I remained faithful through it all. And last Friday, God provided a, a secondary job for me. Um, within the same three-hour period, one of my sons reached out to me, and I got, had the opportunity to spend time with him and my grandson last Tuesday. Uh, so that was an incredible blessing. My wife, who had filed for divorce because she didn't want this kind of a life, um, has since put that on hold, even though she's left to move to New York. Um, there's an opportunity now where she is willing. She even asked me if I'd be willing when my lease is up, because we had sold our property and, uh, and moved to Rocky Hill and to an apartment. And she said, when the lease is up, would you be willing to join me? if things work out. And she's, I asked her if she's willing to do counseling, Christian counseling, and, uh, and she said yes. So that door has been reopened. Um, and, you know, my, my testimony is this. I have come to believe that through that life, everything from the time we're born, all of the trials, the traumas, the challenges that we face, point to Jesus and it gives us and that each one of us through that has the opportunity to realize who he is and to make a conscious decision and surrender to make that decision for him or not this brief blink of an eye in the scope of all eternity I believe determines where we spend the rest of our lives beyond this life and that's an important choice to make. And each one of us has that opportunity. And realize that this life, whether it's, you know, whether we live a day or we live 120 years, it's still a very brief time. It's a speck in the scope of eternity. But what we do here is so critical to where we spend eternity. And that choice, you all have that opportunity to make it if you haven't already. And I would compel you to do that, to stand in faith no matter what. And God will hold us up. The devil is on constant attack when we're growing, when we're moving forward as Christians. And, and we can stand against him. We can resist him. And I continue to do that in my life. And I pray for all of you as well um, in that respect. We can resist the devil, and he will flee from us. And we can stand firm. And God will bless us and stand with us. He will never leave us and never forsake us.
morning. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Good morning. Um, I have a lot of testimonies, and I, I just want to say to God be all the glory, and uh, thank you, New Life. I, I'm really honored. Thank you. I'm Andy. I'm married to Holly. We've been married over 42 years. One of the things that attracted me to her so many years, decades ago, was that um, one of her favorite verses was 1 Peter 3.18, which talks about always being ready to give an answer for the hope that we have. And um, that has stuck with her. She still lives that out today. But more personally, um, Kind of a challenge to me is, you know, there's an expression, you know, you want to be the most positive person in the room, right? So uh, that's a little, not always easy for me because I tend to see half, half empty, not half full situations. But as believers, we have every reason to be the most positive person in the room because of the hope that we have in Jesus. So that's been an encouragement me. So thank you for the series. I'm uh, Gordon. Unlike Andy, I've been married for over 50 years to Doreen. <clears throat> this uh, 1 Peter talks about exiles, foreigners, and a number of us here know what, know what it is to be aliens, to be foreigners, to be born in a foreign land. This idea of feeling uncomfortable in where you're currently living. And what impresses me about this uh, letter, 1 Peter, is that's the invitation that he's giving to all of us who believe, is to sort of be uncomfortable here because we're aliens, we're foreigners, we belong somewhere else. And it's interesting, right through the Bible, it talks so often about aliens, loving the alien, loving the foreigner, and I think it, and the reason why Israelites were to love the foreigner was because you were foreigners too. You were aliens too. And I think for me, and I think the call to all of us is, as we know that we're foreigners, so we welcome the alien, the person who doesn't look like us or the person who is different. So some of us know it very well because we've, Lived, I've lived most of my life in a country where I wasn't born. Um, and I know there's a number of you like that. So that's the invitation I see in 1 Peter, to live as exiles here on, uh, while we're here on earth. Good morning. My name's Davey. Um, 
I came from a, another church. I was there for probably 25 years. And when I first started coming to uh, New Life, I read Pastor Eric's bio. And I'd never read a bio where a man went and said everything that was wrong with him. And I remember reading it as I came from, I had a pretty, uh, pretty important role at the worship center. I was a, an elder. And I remember thinking that's probably the worst marketing strategy you could ever have is to, as a pastor, to share all his failures and, and where he falls short. And then as time went on, I began to realize that that's probably the best marketing plan you could ever have, to just be honest with who you are, and, and God will bring in the people that he needs to. And, and I've, over the years, began to realize that is the best way to be, is to, to share who you are and not to try to be something else. And, and I try to share that with my children. Um, I try to share that with my wife and my family. And um, it's, it's made me a better person because it makes me realize you know, really what, what we need to share. And that's our failures. That's where we fall short. Um, and, and God honors that. And he does um, elevate you. He will um, bless you. He will um, make you who he needs to be, but it's only when you realize who you're not. And I thank you for doing that. And I apologize for, uh, for thinking that that wasn't the best thing. But, it, but it, it's been a blessing to me. So thanks. Sally, um, I I got a, a lot out of um, the very ending of um, Peter um, because when he talks about the anxiety and pride and the combination with humility, that there is um, that's an, an it, there it, it's opposed to each other, and it hadn't occurred to me that part of the anxiety that I had gone through and um, other people I had known is feeling like we are the ones who need to be our own God and try to take care of ourselves and um, be responsible for all of the things that are happening in our lives and make, make it all better by ourselves. And, um, and what, one of the things that happened to me was that because of COVID, um, a long time ago, like 10 years ago, I, I had a stroke and I have a communication disorder. So that sometimes I don't have the words that come out and sometimes the wrong words actually come out and it's very embarrassing. And I used to teach and I, I used my communication all the time and when I can't, it's very frustrating to me and I get anxious. <laughs> and um, I, during COVID, it became so humiliating because I, I got to the point where I couldn't talk at all. And then I didn't want to talk much at all and I was depressed and I was anxious. And eventually I found a job um, that was very humbling to me. I never thought that I would ever work at a grocery store. I used to be a teacher, now I'm a grocery store cashier. But you know what, this is one of the best jobs I've ever had. <laughs> It's making me talk. It helps me, um, gives me opportunities to share my faith with so many people every single day. And I get paid nothing. 
<laughs> I mean, I get, I get a good job. It's what I get for what, what I do. But at the same time, there is a blessing and a gift to me that I haven't been able to do ever since the stroke because I haven't had that. Since, well, until I was actually in um, Gaylord and getting help from that, I also had that same situation. When I was at the worst, when I was so humbled because I had so much trouble speaking. So if you're feeling like you're down and you're anxious and you're stressing out about many, many things, remember to, to take in the humbleness of realizing that you can't take care of it. Only God, only God does. And that to turn to him and to look for the help and also just the change within you that you need it's going to come from him, not from yourself. And I just wanted to share that with you. And I'm thankful that I could say that to you. There, I'm Rich. <clears throat> Looking at this uh, list of the sermons that we've just been through, the first sentence that I saw was, we need the perspective of the various people in the church in order to know God better. And that just really stuck out to me. And I just want to say I'm really thankful uh, to go to a church with a lot of different perspectives, perspectives on scripture and, and different ways of seeing and reading scripture and just different perspectives on life. Um, and I want to thank everybody here who has come across somebody that thinks very differently from them and yet keeps coming back. We need you. Thank you. Sally, thank you for coming up. And it was hard as a teacher to lose your speech, but let me tell everyone, she, her faith, her caring, her friendship pulled me through in a way that I can hope I can, I hope I never have to repay anybody that, by the way. And on top of which, she actually could drive a wheelchair without smacking me into the wall.
Last chance. Is there anyone else who wants to share a testimony? Don't, no, you can't call on other people. <laughs> All right, John's coming up. Thank you, John. Uh, good morning. My name is John. Uh, I think one of the things that I've been struggling with, and hopefully you can relate to this, or hope actually I hope that you can't relate to this, but if you are out there, um, I feel free to talk to me afterwards. But uh, one thing that I struggle with is, uh, and have been struggling with, is a coworker, uh, and really just judging him. Um, he doesn't really uh, pick up the slack. He doesn't really do his job. There's been some performance issues. He doesn't report to me. Um, but I find myself just constantly judging him and comparing myself to him. Uh, it's, you know, the fact that I, I do my job uh, thoroughly isn't a bad thing, but what is bad is just my heart response to him. Um, so one thing that, you know, I could use prayer for is just my, my heart towards him. Not that, you know, he needs to maintain his performance level or anything like that. It's really just my heart response to him that I struggle with. Um, again, it, it's a problem, and I don't think it's right, um, but really it comes down to the heart's response to, to people uh, like that. And, you know, if you're struggling with that with coworkers, neighbors, family, uh, where you, you find yourself comparing yourself to that person, um, you know, I think it's really a question of how we respond at the heart level. Again, not supporting what they're doing, um, but just how we respond to that person in love. Thank you. This is 100% Holy Spirit dragging me up here. Um, so I wasn't, I, I don't like to ask for help. By the way, my name's Kim, for those of you who don't know me. Um, yeah, I don't like to ask for help, um, but it's been really hard lately. Um, my son doesn't come to church with me anymore. Um, and that's really hurting my heart. Um, so I'm asking for everybody's help here to please um, pray that uh, Seth comes back to us. Um, I know he still believes. Um, he has a lot of questions. Um, and uh, I'm really the only model in the house for him right now. Um, so please pray for my family. Thank you. Oh, Jim's coming out too. All right. I'm Jim. For those of you who know me and those who don't, I'm Jim. Um, I've been at New Life here for how many years? I'm really bad with time. Has it been that long? I think 10 years. Um, and I've spoken about my trials and tribulations throughout the years. And there's been so many people in this church. And Peter talks about community. There's been a lot of people in this church that have really pulled things together for us, for me. And you want to talk about community. The prayers have just been, they've always been there. I've always been able to know that I can count on them. And a lot of the things that have happened um, in my life have given me trials and tribulations. But since I've been to New Life, I've always felt, and, and since I've accepted Christ, I've always felt a sense of peace.
peace and calm. When we hit these trials and tribulations, my, my beautiful bride, Jeanette, when we go through our trials and tribulation, tribulations with our, our kids, our family, or just what's going on around us, I just turn it over to God, and I always just have this awesome sense of peace, and the stress and the anger and the frustration is really abated a lot. But it's also helped a lot in reaching out to my church community and my friends to talk to them and share it with them and to get their blessings and to get their prayer. And it's just been so nice. So the community is so important, so important. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you to all of you who are brave uh, coming up here and sharing. I know there's other stories that maybe you didn't want to come up in front of everyone, but I encourage you to ask each other. You know, you talk to each other afterwards, you can ask, uh, you know, what was something that you learned, what's something God's doing in your life. Go deeper than just sports and the weather, right? Ask people what God is doing in their lives. And there will be cake afterwards, and it will be an opportunity to ask. Um, but first, we're still going to respond in worship. I just want to give an opportunity to those who are at home, if you're on our website, uh, there's an opportunity to give to the work of God through our church on the PayPal on our website. Uh, there's a connection card as well if you want to introduce yourself. If there's anything we can be in prayer for you about, anything you want more information about. And those of you who are here in person as well, there's an offering box in the back if you want to give um, to the work of God through our church. We're going to just respond with a couple last songs of worship. Um, before we do that, let's read two more passages from 1 Peter together because we start uh, with reverence towards God for who he is in response to praying for his kingdom to come and then offering up our requests and then we end with a readiness to go out and to serve and to fight the battles that he calls us to together and, and to, to, to love our neighbor as he's loved us. So pay attention as we read these passages to what he's calling us to go out and do in response. Here we go. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without a blemish or defect. And then one more passage, which Andy referred to earlier. 1 Peter three fifteen to 16. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Here's a list of some of the things in that passage that is calling us to respond. Hopefully I put it up there. Is there a list up there somewhere? Oh, goodness. I'm struggling with my PowerPoint skills. Um, but he calls us to be prepared, to prepare our minds for action, to be self-controlled, to set our hope fully on grace. There it is. To not conform to evil desires, to be holy, to call on our Father, to live as strangers here in reverent fear, to be ready to share the reasons for our hope, to keep a clear conscience, 
These are the ways we ready ourselves to prepare to respond to the Lord. So let's respond right now with two uh, final songs of worship.